Jesus was walking on the water. And they look and they see him and they say, that's the Lord. And Peter gets out on the water and he's dripping wet, right? Because he started to sink and Jesus lifted his hand up to him. And so now they get around the fire. And Jesus looks at Peter. So you're all sitting by a Peter. And Jesus says to him, Lovest thou me? You know, in front of the others in this occasion. So now I want you to look at someone and ask them that question. And then the other one has to say it back. Jody, lovest thou me? Yes, I do. You know, it's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it? Lovest thou me? Okay, thank you. Now you can get back to your proper pews. Thanks, Jim. And why why should it feel so uncomfortable? It's the love of Jesus that, that is in us. And we don't say that enough. And if we do say it, we go, love you. Right? I mean... But you know what? The love of God is so far more fulfilling than anything that we could love in this world. And when we say that, you know, today we said that it felt uncomfortable. But how much do we love one another? Because Christ lives in us. So when we say, lovest thou me, we're speaking also to the Lord Jesus that lives in us. And uh, the enemy has made that uncomfortable. And here we have the power and the anointing and, and the presence of Christ when we say that we love one another. So I'm going to talk about love today. And, and uh, it's the greatest thing that God has ever given to us. To love one another and to love him and to love our children and to love our mates, you know. There's no expression that really can can express what it means. You know, if we won the lottery, we would say <laughs> we would love it, you know. But to love God is to win everything. To love God is to be pardoned. I want to be pardoned. And to love God is to experience his grace and his mercy that floods our soul and cleanses us. We sang the song, his love run red and our sins became white. How awesome was that? Well, in the Old Testament, we have a preview of God's everlasting love. Way back in the Old Testament, we hear the words from God and he speaks to Abraham And he says, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, 
whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountain that I tell thee. Can you, can you take that in today? If you have a son, or if you have a daughter, or if you have a loved one, and God points to that point of love in your life and says, sacrifice it. I call this a preview because God is, is talking about himself. He's saying, Abraham, take thy son, thy only son, and offer him. Way back there, it was in the mind of God that he would offer his only son for the sacrifice to cover our sins. So in this season of love, let us remember the greatest love of all that give, was given to us to cover our mistakes. How can we ever relate to an everlasting God? And maybe we cover our mistakes and we don't think of our mistakes. And maybe there are mistakes in our life that happened a long time ago and we just shut them up and we forgot them. Maybe there's a place that needs forgiveness in our life. Or maybe there's a place in our life that we need to remember so much that God's love prevailed and over caused us to overcome in our life. I hear the words of Jesus as he speaks to Peter and he says to him, Lovest thou me? The greatest thing happened at this point because this is a picture of life after death. This is a picture of who we are after we die. We're not a little ghost. We're not a little puff of air. We are who we are as we are resurrected. We are glorified and we have our being and we know one another and we have work to do in the kingdom after death. Can you even comprehend that? Jesus was walking on the water because he was resurrected. He was still Jesus. He offered his hand. He took Peter's hand. He brought Peter up out of the water. He came and he sat by the fire. And this was the words that he had to say. Peter, lovest thou me? So he spoke words of love. He spoke words of desire to Peter. He spoke to them. This is a picture of life after death. People wonder all the time when someone dies. You know, what is it like? People are fearful of death because they don't understand death. The world just thinks they're going to a good place. They hope they'll make it to the good place. They will never make it without the blood of Jesus Christ. We will never make it without the blood of Jesus Christ. And so life after death, here is a picture of it, and Jesus sits with them. He offers them fish, and he offers Peter this question, Lovest thou me? There needs to be no fear in death because Jesus returned to them. And Jesus had the marks of crucifixion upon him. He had the nail prints in his hands. He had the 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 the, the, the print of the of the spear in his side, and, and Thomas touched it. So we are beings after death, resurrected beings. I don't know what that is, but I want to be that. 
Jesus looks over at Peter at this moment in his resurrected body, and he considers love. And he asks Peter, lovest thou me? This is in John 21. And he says, lovest thou me more than these? Now, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is reminding Peter of Matthew 26, 33, when he wanted to wash Peter's feet. And Peter said, though all men shall be offended because of thee. This is what Peter said to Jesus. Yet will I never be offended. Though I die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. And that's probably where humanity stands today. We would say that. But Jesus said in response to that, before the rooster crows three times, what? You will deny me. So when Jesus said to him, lovest thou me? And Peter said, he probably said, well, sure, Lord, I love you. Because that's probably what you felt when somebody spoke to you today. And they said, lovest thou me? You looked at them sheepishly and uncomfortably and said, yes, lovest thou me? You know, let the love of Jesus pour over us today. And then Peter said to Jesus, Jesus said to Peter the second time, lovest thou me? And Peter probably was uh, tormented by that a little bit and said, well, yes, Lord, I do love you. But when Jesus asked him the third time, when he asked him the third time, Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And Peter said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, and thou knowest I love thee. Jesus continues to ask this question to his people today, lovest thou me? It's it's a question of depth. It's a question of feeling. It's a question of consciousness. Because sometimes it might be hard to say, yes, Lord, I love thee, because maybe we had just had an explosive bad moment. Do you ever have them? And maybe we just had that, and then we hear the voice of the Lord saying to us in the midst of that, do do you love me? Will you react like you love me? Will you respond to this crisis like you love me? There's so much to be said about love in Scripture. 1 John 4, 8, and this is important. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Oh, saints, we need to recognize the power of the Word of God. We are not just going to die, but we are going to live in Him eternally. And he says, he that loveth not. You know, uh, Phyllis sees these, uh, Dr. Gorn sees these in the counseling chamber that does not want to love somebody because they hurt them 20 years ago. And they do not want to forgive them. If you cannot forgive, your father does not, cannot forgive you. 
Now, we know this, don't we? Every one of us sitting in this house today knows this. But do we have a forgiving spirit? You know, do we have a depth of love that can overcome a most powerful hurt that happens in our life? You know, it says, if we don't love, then, then, then we're not of God. Because God is love. And he manifested that love through the death of his son. How do we manifest God's love in us? Church, this is an hour of the corruption in our land and the corruption that's coming in our families and the, and the uh, evil that is spread in our society today. How much do we love God? How bright does our light shine? What is love? Verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son to be the perpetuation. What does that mean? He sent His Son to cover our sin. He sent His Son to give us mercy, to give us grace in the time that we are not graceful. In the time that we are not peaceful. In the time that we are not long-suffering. He sent His Son to be this big word, this perpetuation, this covering for our shortcomings. That we might please God. When we cannot please Him, the blood of Jesus becomes a perpetuation, the covering, and causes us to recognize we need to have a covering. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought to also love one another. We cannot love one another without the love of God. We must first love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our being, with all of our strength. Then we must love one another. Then God will move his love in us. True love endures. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, love suffereth long. <laughs> I don't like that. Love suffereth long. I do like it that God's love suffers long for me. It's kind. You know the scripture. It's not envious. Envious, it's not envious. Love doth not behave itself unseemly. Love seeketh not its own, but love is not easily provoked. And love does not think evil. You know, there was a time in my life when I was married and we were going through these problems and difficulties. And as I read this, it just struck into my heart because that's all that you do think when you're going through strife. That's all that you do think is evil. You, you think everything bad. You know, that's all that you can think. But, oh, the power of God that comes through and intervenes and washes and cleanses and forgives and changes. Have any of you ever been there that you needed that? That you needed the power of God to take away the evilness, the thoughts that, that go through your heart because you defend yourself. And because the, ev the enemy works evil in the lives of people, that's why we have brokenness 
in our world today. You know, this is a sac- there is a sacrifice in true love. And I probably need to say that again, that there is often a sacrifice in true love. If you maintain through the hard things that happen, you know, there's a sacrifice in love today. And Jesus was sacrificed to cover those things in our lives. The heart of God continues to call for pure love. He continues to say, lovest thou me. Consider the painful sensation in the heart of Abraham when God said to him, offer your son for a burnt offering. Does it touch your heart today? Does it soften your heart? Christianity's heart needs to be softened today. Christianity's heart has been mesmerized by theatrical things. And our heart needs to be softened by the sacrifice of Christ that we might be able to love as Him in this debauched society in which we live. It affects us. It affects our homes. It affects our relationships. It affects everything. We need the depth and the power and the love of God to transform us. Consider that painful sensation when God said to Abraham, you've got to offer your son your only son. The reason he said it is that we might remember he said that when he offered his only begotten son for us. I believe there's a call in the earth today in the midst of the corruption that Jesus is calling, come and dine. You know, sit at the table with me, make room for me. You know, in your daily routine, routine, make room for me, muse upon my goodness, consider eternal life, meditate upon the power of the Holy Ghost that I've given to you to guide you and to comfort you and to strengthen you. Meditate upon those things because there's a lack of meditation. So we are bombarded by the works of darkness that it is trying to get into our families and our lives and our children and the offspring and friends and all those things that we cherish. There's a call going forth today. A part of loving God is loving one another and loving the unlovely and loving those who don't return that love and loving those who give no attention to us who should give attention to us. Way back in Leviticus 19.18, he says, Thou shall not avenge. How many ever felt about avenging something? Now, church, be honest. Yeah, I'm trying to get to the soft part of your heart today. It says, Let, it, let us not avenge, nor bear grudges. This is the word of God. Against the children or against the, thy people. God was saying that to Israel. He's still saying it today. His word is still alive today. He's saying, avenge not. Don't bear grudges. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he says, I am the Lord. It's not me that's saying that today, church. It's the Lord. He says, I am the Lord. You know, we know the commandment. 
everyone knows. If I say, what is the last commandment that Jesus said in the New Testament? He said, I got to love you. And then he said, no other commandment is greater than this, that we love one another. Jesus reiterated this to his disciples at the Last Supper when he washed their feet. And for, in John thirteen thirty four, 34, I, it was the first time I saw this like this. He says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Well, he already said, love with all your heart, your strength, and everything, right? Didn't he say that? Now he says, I'm going to give you a new commandment about this love. And I looked at that and I said, how can he give a new commandment when he's already given a commandment? Well, here's the new. As I have loved you. As I have loved you. That's the new commandment. As I have loved you. Not as me, but as Jesus has loved you. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one toward another. It's not just love one toward another. It's the love of Jesus. That's the new commandment. And then he washed their feet. He humbled himself and washed his feet. There's a humbling process that has been lost in Christianity. I'm not saying Humble, humble, I'm saying humble. Humbling ourselves in a crisis that's not our fault. Humbling ourselves in a situation that hurts so bad and it's not our fault and we can't avenge ourselves and we can't hold a grudge. And you know what? The Lord is saying to me, go way back in your life. And I know people say don't look back, but I say look back. Because I want to remember that God cleansed me. Because those things that have happened in our life, they follow us, church. They follow us. One little word brings up something that happened way back there. And then we have to remember that when Jesus said, forgive, you forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. So when that something comes back up that happened many, many years ago, you have to remember to forgive again. Because you have to keep that soft hurt spot in a forgiven place before God. Well, this touched my heart, and I hope it touches your heart today because it's a new commandment, not just to love one another, but to love them like Jesus loves us. And I think every one of us needs to just pause a minute and consider how does he love me? What did he love me through? How did he bring me? these 80 years (laughs) to this point, you know. Think of his love. Sometimes we just need to stop and think of all the tribulation and the trials and the heartache and the suffering and the things that happened to us wrong and everything that transpired that he loved us through it all. He He blessed us if it was our fault. He forgave us. If it wasn't our fault, he mercied us because his love is far deeper than just saying it. His love goes into the innermost parts of our heart and he heals us. 
and he sets us free to serve him in a greater dimension. So I say to the church this morning, let the church remember. Romans 8 says, in all these things, in all these things that we remember, we are more than conquerors through him because he loved us. And we need to be persuaded that passage of Scripture, Paul says, and no, Paul, Paul murdered Christians. Paul murdered people. Paul murdered children. It says it. Read it in the Word. He was a part of all of that. And then God called him and changed him. And he says, I'm, cons- I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. I'm persuaded no heights, no depth, no any other thing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. All the love that we have today is in Christ. Because in our flesh, we could not do it. In our flesh, we could not love those hurtful places. But in Christ, we can do it. Paul said, I'm persuaded against principalities and powers. That's where our nation is today, is principality and powers. And we've got to love through that. There's so much anger anger and anguish and hatred in the earth. But God's love is more powerful than that. And we as his people of love must not be diminished in our light. Our light must shine in the midst of all of the corruption. Let us remember to love. To love the ones who wronged us. To love the ones who never pays attention to us. To love the unlovely and to love the one that might have hurt us so deep that we can't remember that we don't forgive. Let the church feel the love of Jesus today to the point of whatever transpired in your life you forgive because he mercies us. And we must apply in Galatians 2.20 Let us apply this to our life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but I live in Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. These passages of Scripture that I've given you today are life and they're everlasting. And they are the word of God that you need in the crisis Ahead, There will be crisis in our country. There will be crisis in our society. There will be crisis in, in the laws that they make in the days ahead. You know, and beside all that, we have our families to love and to deal with and to pray for. Because the enemy tries to affect our, if they can't get us, they get our offspring, they get our friends, they get something that we love and we need the love of God to live in us to the point that he loves us and he shines forth in our life and we are a model of who he is in the midst of the darkness Jody honey would you come this morning we're going to receive the emblems of God's grace the emblems of God's mercy the emblems of God's sacrifice, 
which is his son. And I asked the Lord that he might penetrate the soft spots of our heart. Not only the soft spots, but there are hard spots in our heart. Hard spots, spots that we push aside. And I ask the Lord to just penetrate our heart today. Any hurtful place that might remain there. Any loss that you might feel. Any any painful event. You know, that as we partake of Christ, that His blood, the emblems of His blood flow through us. The emblems of His broken body flows through us. That He will heal the broken places. That He will heal the places of loss. And He'll... Heal the places that when you remember, you say, oh, God, I remember that, but thank you for forgiving me. But let's just look for healing today that we might let our light so shine before men that they might see that Christ lives in us. As she prepares the emblems today, let us just bow our hearts before the Lord and let us think upon these things. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We love the words of Jesus. We hear you say, lovest thou me. O Lord, we have pondered your love. We thank you for forgiving us as we partake of the bread. We thank you for forgiving us as we take of the fruit of the vine. O Lord, as we partake of you in this special way, Open our hearts today, Lord Jesus, that we might ask that you enter in afresh and a supernatural way. Reveal your presence to us. Stir your Holy Spirit in us as we partake and as we feel your love in these emblems today. The bread is broken, Father God. Just break it, honey, if you would. And Lord, there's brokenness in our life. There was brokenness in you, Father God, as your son blood poured out for you. Lord, there was brokenness in Jesus as his blood poured forth. God, all of this happened that we might have mercy and grace, that we might have your love in us today. And, Father, as we partake of your broken bread, And as we partake of the fruit of the vine, I ask that you would surge through our beings, O God. That we would hear your voice saying, lovest thou me. And that we might be so stirred to say, Lord, I love you. And let us feel the grief that is in your heart today at the suffering of your son. I pray, O God. May we receive these emblems, Lord Jesus. And show our love to you as we partake of them. We ask this in your holy name.